no, I don't think anyone would want to read a non-fiction book by me. And anyway, it might look as if I'm showing off a bit. And what have I got to say that's different? And blah, blah, blah. Right. Listen to this episode. You do have that non-fiction book in you. And there are far better reasons why you should write it than why you shouldn't. Be inspired. Welcome to Self-Belief Unsquashed. I'm Tricia Lewis, your host. And I wouldn't be on this unsquashing mission if I hadn't been on one myself. So listen up to these gems of wisdom from my guest this week, Helen Pollock, who's the founder of Her Next Chapter. And she's got a wonderful background as a ghostwriter, a content coach in PR. But her big mission is to help women entrepreneurs in particular, but still keep listening, men, to create more impact, inspire others and build a legacy no one can take away from them by writing a business book to be proud of. Come on, this has got to be a good listen, hasn't it? Right, Helen, I'm resisting getting into any conversations about all sorts of things that we could chat about and trying to keep this on topic because you and I know each other. In fact, you were my book coach. Yes, listeners, this is Helen Pollock, my actual book coach, who really persuaded me to take my own approach to writing a non-fiction book and if you pick up a copy of it this isn't about me this episode but I just mention it what you will see is the influence of Helen because it was very much from the beginning no treasure you can do it like this of course you can do it like this that's you that's who you are etc etc so here I am a woman who has told my story in a non-fiction book which leads us straight into absolutely everything Helen helps people do. Helen it's lovely to have you. Thank you so much for inviting me I'm delighted to be here. Right I'm going to go straight in as you know with asking you to share some kind of squashing stroke unsquashing stories delighted to and there are so many to choose from <laughs> uh so do you know what this one has only come to me recently but it's so important so um i i realized recently that i am guilty of creating an offer for my business and literally putting like one or two social media posts out about it and then thinking, oh, oh, no, no one's buying. No one's, no one's buying. It must be wrong. I need to find something else. I've done this so many times. And I don't know, I don't know where, where this realisation came from. But after the summer, I just suddenly thought, what are you doing? You've literally sent one email out to your email list, put two posts on LinkedIn, and you're having a panic attack because you know, people aren't flooding your inbox saying that what they would like the thing. So um, that's actually been quite a big deal for me. And so I was squashing myself because of instantly feeling like a failure when immediate sales did not come forth. But I know because I've spent, you know, I've spent the majority of my career in marketing and PR, so I actually know that these things don't happen instantly. You do have to actually put, you know, several posts and emails out there, 
you probably need to have add in some element of you know urgency or scarcity as well. Who was I kidding? It was self-squashing. You know what? It's funny because I had this conversation with myself recently on a in a very different way. So I was saying to myself, um, well, you're not obviously getting thousands of views on every reel you do or every post you put out or, you know, hundreds of people wanting to work with you or thousands of people buying your book or millions of people downloading your podcast. But there's a good reason for that. And it's not because there's something wrong with any of those things. It's because you are actually not doing any of the things that you need to do really um exactly like you just said the odd post on linkedin one single post on instagram every three months mentioning the fact i've got a book etc now for me i then had a follow-up internal conversation that said and that's fine because you are at a stage in your life story where you actually are not pursuing all those things you are doing what you do creatively and having the occasional lovely person to work with etc because you want also space to pursue your new climbing hobby and to go on adventures with your lovely husband while we're still fit and active because I'm now an old age pensioner so but but the but the trick was for wherever you are in life just figure out what hang on a minute why is this is it because there's something wrong with me or what I'm doing or is it literally because I'm not doing this and if I'm not doing that is that a conscious thing in which case there's no point in worrying that this isn't happening because I'm actually not setting it up for that to happen so blah do you get me I totally get you and this is the thing I was I mean I was setting myself up to fail and then you know so I was pulling my offer and going away and thinking of the next thing you know I mean and what you know why why was that it was it was a you know a lack of of, a lack of confidence and uh and a a fear of shame fear of being a a failure I mean oh yeah self-sabotage at its finest it's there is also fear of success in there, weirdly, isn't there? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Oh, yeah, this is very true. So I anyway, mean, yeah, I, we. I mean, we don't want thousands of followers because then we might, you know, actually have to do more stuff. And what if we're not good at it and all the rest of it? So there we go, listeners. A little insight into Helen's mind and mine and look to humans. But interestingly, you talk about what almost comes into there as we begin to think about this idea of women telling their story is that we have, we we tend to, in the same way that we discount the reasons why something isn't working and we tend to think, oh, quickly, no, it's not working and there's probably something wrong with it and blah, we do the same to a certain extent with our story because we tend to forget uh, or or devalue in some way or even not recognize the value of our story before we've even attempted to tell it so give the listeners um a bit of an overview about why you've focused on 
really supporting women to tell their story what what was it that inspired you so it was in uh, in my book coaching practice and you know i've worked with men i've, I've worked, worked with women but there was something that kept cropping up with my women book coaching clients and that was a huge lack of confidence in people who you would expect them to feel quite confident about their achievements. So, you know, people with MBEs and OBEs who would say things to me like, Helen, I'm not sure anyone will want to hear my story. And these women have remarkable achievements behind them yet they were really struggling with the thought of of stepping forward and claiming those publicly i think that's what it was it's the putting your head above the parapet potentially opening yourself up to trolls on social media that yeah that's one thing um looking i think looking like an arrogant asshole is another thing whereas that you know they're not they're not they're not pretend they're not over egging it they're not pretending they've done something that they haven't done they're just claiming what they are due um and it's a real issue so i noticed this and i i set up a new uh, brand called her next chapter which would then focus specifically on helping women to tell their stories and kind of tackle those confidence and mindset blocks if I can along the way I mean obviously I could refer people to you because you'd be brilliant for helping them with that but also quite often writing a book stirs up deep-seated issues that women may feel like they've dealt with and actually the process of researching and writing a book brings it all out and so I also have two counsellors who are associates of mine who I quite often refer clients to uh, but fundamentally I think the thing to know is women are often told they should be more confident the question is why why are women not confident to start with and the answer is no girl is born with a lack of self-confidence. That comes about because women and girls see the reaction of society to successful women. And that's really quite depressing. Oh, it is a bit depressing. Um, and yet, thank God we're having this conversation. Um, and more and more um, we're having this conversation. And... If any chaps are chaps, I don't know what that is. <laughs> if any of those people are listening, um, this isn't a feminist rant. And, and, and actually, even saying that sentence, I've realised I've opened up a, a, a whole Pandora's box. So ignore that sentence. I mean, what is a feminist rant? What is a feminist? What is a rant? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. It. This is just human stuff. This is just stuff that um if if a if a man was listening it would be of interest to them as well because it's just about you know what 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 are the what are the messages it's the same for men what are the messages that are given to them you know from their childhood etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's not a woe is me or anything like that it's just being realistic isn't it and 
you know, I, I mean, you know, my TEDx talk is beware the self-squashing prophecy. And it's exactly this topic that we we are we we sort of almost dumb down or hide out for fear that we're going to be judged as a shop. Exactly what you just said. And it it's my 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 answer to that is you're not showing off unless you're showing off, you know. <laughs> percent but also you know i was i my exact words were women and girls know how society reacts to confident women and girls so it's not you know it's not a it's not a reflection on men uh, you know solely men at all it's the whole of society yeah absolutely so so there we are with with this weird thing where we've got all this wonderful stuff that we could share. And I'm wondering whether the first thing is, is a sort of twist around. Tell me what you think about this. So if I'm thinking, Oh, this is going to look like I'm showing off just to put it in a very simplistic terms. Mm. If I then said, actually the experiences I've been through and what I've learned along the way and these really good stories um, are going to make it very accessible and very um, helpful for other women to read. And therefore, it all becomes a non-sort of self-egoy thing. And that's exactly what I do. You know, you have to turn turn it on its head and say, uh, what? who and who would be missing out and what would people be missing out on if I don't share my experiences how much will people be struggling as a result when they could read my book and you know avoid some of the mistakes that I've made exactly exactly so Mm. so let me ask you the kind of questions that maybe somebody out there who's sort of teetering on the edge of thinking I have got this story um, it would really either it would complement what I'm doing in the workplace. It would complement what I want to do next or what, whatever it is. Or I just know there are people out there that would, that would gain from this, but they're teetering on the edge a bit and all the rest of it. Now they're beginning to think of all the negatives. Cause that's what we do as humans. We immediately put up the negative list, the, the, the reasons why I won't write this book. So, give give us you you give i'm gonna ask some questions that i've got in my head but first of all you obviously will be aware of this long list of reasons why not give us some of those some of the the long reasons the long list of reasons why you shouldn't put yourself out there why you shouldn't write a book yeah why you shouldn't write a book um uh i mean i think there's um People will think I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. And actually, you know, quite a lot of clients come to me and they will say things like, oh, Helen, I'm worried. And, and men men do this too, actually. Um, I'm worried I'm not reinventing the wheel. My, You know, there, there are other books like this one. And what I always say to them is, unless you're conducting scientific research... You're not going to be reinventing the wheel. It's as simple as that. 
but you will have your you know even if it's like how to create great spreadsheets you know whatever it is um you will have your own unique twist on that based on your skills your personality and your experiences um, so you'll have your unique take no matter what. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel and it's highly unlikely you're going to. I think I think that's one of the biggest, um, that's a great message, Helen, because I think we do, We especially those of us who overthink, who have had lots of interesting experiences, who have, you know, like you were saying, you work with people with OBEs and MBEs and goodness knows what, I, you know, or just, generally us oversensitive overthinker types um we do have this odd it's an imposter syndrome type of thing isn't it you know we get, because we're thinking unless we reinvent the wheel we will be seen as somebody copying other people um or just not at all original and boring 100 percent and you know what i've i've got two clients with honors at the moment two book coaching clients both on the working on the final chapter of their books for the past two years <laughs> now what is that if not an act of self-sabotage and the, so this is this is the next reason on the list this is, I feel uncomfortable about making myself visible. But as a wise woman once said, and I think this might be Jackie Jagger who um, uh, teaches people how to, you know, sell in a in a uh, you know non yucky way. Um, she said, "You can't be a success and a secret." Drum roll, <laughs> listeners, take that to the bank, as they say. Exactly. So, you know, why would you spend a considerable amount of time, effort and money writing a book and then not promoting it? Or you know, in this case, you know, not finishing it because we're we're quite scared about what we'll have to do if we do finish the manuscript. We'll have to get out there and sell it. Yes. Oh, gosh. Um, OK, I'm going to put another question that might be in people's minds. These these are these are good ones. Um, not the worry that you're you've got to reinvent the wheel and forgetting that it's your personal background, your story, your experience, your unique approach that is going to make that book interesting and valuable. And the other one being the fear of being out there and actually doing the next step, which is making yourself visible. Right. How about the question of um, how much it's worrying that you're going to be self-indulgent. So, so if part of the topic that you're writing about is almost inevitably going to be fueled by your past experience and story, and you're saying to yourself, whatever we do, I mustn't go on about my story because how self-indulgent is that? For goodness sakes, no, I mustn't do that. You're in a bit of a jam, aren't you, if you if you go down that line of thinking? 
A hundred percent. So another classic line from a book coaching client. Um, who am I to write a book? And it's not the first time I'd heard that either. Who am I to write a book? Like, like, yeah. And it goes back to that kind of, you know, am I being arrogant? Am I showing off? Will people, I, and I guess it will be, will people judge me? for you know for doing this for for writing for little old me writing a book so so helen you get everybody's familiar with those books you often see them in you know as a special on sale in say a charity shop or a gift shop and i by the way this is not dissing these books because some of them i bet are absolute blinders there'll be a variety but you know the books where you know my life during the war years or whatever okay now I repeat if you've written that book I'm not saying it was a terrible book but a self a sort of um they, they used to call it vanity publishing didn't they whatever but you've actually literally self you've literally gone and found a local printer and you've got x amount of copies printed off and you've got your own sort of family album pictures in there and all the rest of it so we've got that sort of at one end, if you like, which could be self-indulgent, could be, not necessarily, but it could be all about, and I did this and I did that, and then I went there and my uncle so-and-so was here. And that. And then we've got at the other end, a book written by somebody who's actually got an absolute blinder of a story from their days in the war years or whatever it is, but they haven't included it because they're worried that, well, that'll look as if I'm just talking about my story. I don't want to do that. Mm. And presumably somewhere in the middle is the sweet spot. I mean, people have lots of different reasons for writing books. Because I I mostly deal in business books. I've had the odd memoir client, but really mostly it's, it's business books, which are how-to's. Um, so that's kind of a bit different. But that being said, I was having a conversation with my parents uh, the other week. They're both in their late 70s now. And from both of them, I found out things about um, their grandparents I didn't know before. So I hadn't been aware that my mum's grandparents on the paternal side... Uh, was still alive when she was a child because her dad died when she was one. So I, I, I'd always thought that they were not around because he was a bit older and but he actually wasn't that much older. Anyway, um, and then my dad told me something about his maternal grandparents I, I'd never heard before. Anyway, the point of this is I... I'm so aware. I, I took some video footage of my granddad before he died in 2014. And I'm so glad that I did because he said things on there that um, my dad didn't know, you know, let alone me. So I think even though it might, those those kind of, you know, self-published memoirs, I would love for my family history to be captured, actually, you know, even if it was just in a word document that, that was never, you know, that's printed off as a couple of copies and put in a 
spiral bounder or something do you know what I mean I do know what you mean and 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 this is may or may not know I'm also a funeral celebrant so I'm dealing with I'm dealing with these stories on a regular basis and I can tell you that the number of times I come away from visiting a family who've been generous enough to open up and share all these these memories for me to be able to write the words and I, 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 there are times when I'm absolutely gobsmacked by something fascinating about something to do with society or some observation about, you know, say a woman was um, in a certain career that you wouldn't expect for that time and that place and how they got over these and the, you know, their various uh, personal relationship stories and are really insightful for all of us. So it's, it's, it's wrong to think that you're, personal personal stories I mean you don't you don't need to open up your wardrobe and throw all the skeletons into your book but I mean that there there are these little bits and bobs um and there are ways of weaving that in now going back straight into the businessy book I've got a number of books which along the way of talking about kind of how-to stuff they are giving case studies of people that they've met stories of clients that they've worked with or um they may be more well-known people and their story um and do you know is that a way of introducing you know the sort of I suppose the story human element into a book that is more businessy and how to and 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 is that something that that maybe uh, is there a, something you've come across with women that you work with where they either want to do too much of that or not enough um i think there's a there's a common perception that if it's a business book you can't you can't uh you know write uh, anything personal in there and I think there's a whole thing which which I you know I'm gonna call it what it is um you know coming from the kind of 50s 60s 70s corporate pale male and stale environment where professionalism meant leaving your your real self at the door of the office and I think you know that is not the that's not the same now. Even within the corporate world, there's a whole movement towards you know bringing your whole self to work. But I think that kind of carries over into people's idea. Of, and there's a there's this reverence for the written word in a book, and people think it, it's hilarious. Well, it's not hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious to me. I mean, let's be real. Uh, so yeah with my background in PR writing um and or then you know moving into ghostwriting and book coaching I spend a lot of my time reviewing other people's writing and have done for a long time um because you know as I became more senior in PR that I was reviewing you know junior colleagues writing and and you also always have a um a writing buddy uh in in PR where some you know a peer checks your work as well and vice versa um it's really interesting because very often people lose their voice when they start writing because they think they have to write in some sort of fancy schmancy way and the best way to write is to write as you would speak 
it's much more engaging uh you know you you want people to be engaged because if they're not they'll just put your book down you know they'll they'll be like my dad and never make it past tw page 26 of any given book um <laughs> so it's really important uh to to retain your voice um and the other thing is even if it's a business book people buy from people so they need to know like and trust you and that is why you need to tell your reader, uh, this is how I know what I'm talking about. So, you, you know, you need to tell them how, how you come to be in a position where you know this stuff so well, you can tell them how to do it. Um, and also you want them to, to like you and, and, you know, and have an understanding of who you are as a person. So I would always say, 100% weave in your personal story, who you are, because with a business book, ultimately, you want this to be the first rung in your value ladder of services, the most affordable and accessible way of accessing your amazing knowledge. And you want you hopefully some of these people will want to work with you in a more sort of one to one capacity, etc. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so definitely, I mean, you, you encouraged me to use a very unusual format, which um, I I don't think, I think most, I was going to say most sensible people, but you are sensible. I said, you must be joking, Tricia. That's no way to write a book. But um, it, it was, but interestingly, and somebody that I know also said, I'm surprised you didn't talk about the big squashing story of yours because that in a way is what has uh made you evolve and unsquash and go on this mission and so i i wonder whether i wasn't guilty to a certain extent of fear of being self-indulgent um and i just think that's a thing to think about and i'm sure it comes up with the people you work in work with because it is just it's that it's like a little balance it's a balance thing isn't it it's it's oh no way too self-indulgent she's gone on and on and on about her backstory and i'm bored stiff can we get on to some actual insights and valuable tips and all that and the and the sort of almost you know, but but if but if you'd mentioned that little nugget of that story, that would have been a great would have brought this to life. This thing here that you're talking about, you could have just taken the reader right in to that little moment that you're now looking back on and thinking that was the moment that I thought X Y Z blah blah. Yes, I, I think you know. There's always is it a memoir or is it a business book? That's what I would say. Um, I'm having a conversation with someone at the moment um, and that's been the heart of our discussions about the book. It's like, well, is this a memoir or is it a business book? Um, because it's really important to make that distinction. They're completely different things. So I would probably say to your friend that that the big unsquashing, that might be something for a memoir, actually. Whereas it is the little nuggets, the little illustrations. 
but also I think in in the context of your book which is fabulous um I, I need to say um I think because it it works really well because it's so unusual. It's such a fresh take on things. Uh, but as a result, kind of your, you, Trisha, you know, you're not, you're not writing uh, in, in your voice so much. So yeah, it's interesting. But then, you know, as an actor, that is absolutely in keeping with, you know, with you. So yeah, it's a really interesting question. So Let's wrap up then, because we could now, especially as you've given my book a, a bit of praise, I could just wallow around in that for a bit, but I won't. Um, but but I could ask you so many more questions. So I'm just trying to think if somebody's out there um, on, as I say, sort of maybe on this edge or they've got a dusty pile um, of notes they wrote, you know, three, four, five years ago, or they've got a lovely spreadsheet, you know, on it. People are different, so we we go about all these things differently. They've got a very organised, you know, Trello board or spreadsheet with all the with all the steps that they're going to take. And actually, guess what? They're not really progressing in terms of writing the book, et cetera, et cetera. All these things that are just stuck. What would be? Would you go back to basics when you work with people? Um, give us a give us a practical tip to get us unstuck it always comes back to the basics this is not rocket science at all so really there's two uh two things two big questions that my clients must answer before they can make progress with their books the first one is who do you want to help who do you really want to help so you know i i know in in my case my absolute passion is is for helping middle-aged women to tell their stories um if you know that and you've got a, a proper reader avatar and if, obviously if it's a business book that's probably your client avatar might be slightly different because they might be at a different stage of their journey so uh, but yeah really tight reader avatar that feels like a real person to you. So when you're there writing away um, or making decisions on the cover or uh, the font or the many different decisions that you have to make when you're writing and publishing a book, you can look at your avatar behind uh, your computer uh, on the wall and think, oh yeah, Pippa would do this. Um, so yeah, Pippa would want that. I think Pippa would prefer that cover. Um, so you know, all that kind of stuff is yeah, yeah. No, that that's a really good back because I think you 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 wallow around and you get lost and and you're sort of making all your notes about the research and 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 certainly for procrastination purposes, doing research is fabulous. Um, <laughs> and, and, and all of that stuff, and it, it just clear the decks and go back to basics like you just said hang on a goddamn minute who is this for who am I writing this for what what is it, it's a bit like when you do a TEDx talk I think the best piece of advice I got given is what do you want people to be talking about as soon as they come out of that hall having watched your TEDx talk? what is the thing that you want them to be saying oh I never thought of it like that you know I, that was a different way of thinking 
I'm going to go and try whatever it is. You're just those sort of thoughts. So you get out of your own head a bit more, to be honest, don't you? Right. I was going to ask, so that's a good practical tip. You might have another one and I want a myth. So wrap us up with any other practical tip you want to give and a myth. Okay, so the second tip is what do you want your book to do for you? So if it's a business book, where does it fit in your, you know, that value ladder of services in what you already offer? Um, uh, And also we need to think about it in the context of writing a book for tomorrow, not today. So we write a book for where we want to get to because it's such a long lasting form of content. Um, So it's really important. Think about where you want to get to over the next few years, not where you are now, and write for then. Um, And then finally, a myth. Uh, It takes months or years to write a book. Doesn't need to if it's a business book. So why do I say that? I know people who've written books in a week, 11 days, three weeks. Uh, they were able to just block the time out. But the fundamental point is a business book is telling people what we know already. We may already have that some of this content. We might have a training course. We might have a podcast um, or uh, you know, blogs. We've probably got content we can repurpose at least partially. And we're probably, if it's a how-to, we're talking about a process that we're rolling out with clients daily so we know this stuff we don't have to think about plot development we don't have to think about characters uh that you know all that really complicated fiction stuff we don't have to do that with business books and the other thing is plan if you if you structure and plan your book and you you need to start with a draft table of contents that will be your roadmap It's just a question of knocking it out. And we also don't have to go through the many, many rewrites that fiction authors will, will, you know, that's the norm. Fiction authors will have to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. We don't have to do that. We're doing something we know. Literally, it could be, you know, proofread and edited. And there's probably not that many changes that need to be made. So... It might feel like Mount Everest, but it's not. You can do it. If it's something you want to do, you want to write a business book, you totally can do it. And it might not even take you as long as you think it will. It's doable. That is so lovely, down to earth, practical, Helen. And it just occurred to me when you were saying that, I thought about the um, worrying about showing off and, you know, hiding your achievements. Of course, if you get someone else to write a forward and you get, reviews by other people you you avoid a lot of that because you they will tell everybody how amazing you are and what your achievements are and all the rest of it and your 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 cv to a certain extent you don't actually say i did this i did that i'm i've got this i've got that so that's just another thing i've just thrown in there because it came into my head (laughs) helen so many things could come into my head now i'm going to have to zip up my head and my mouth but i want you to just quickly tell the listeners a how to get in touch with you and you've got um, a new sort of community that you're uh, just starting so tell us about that 
Yes, so um, I am launching in the next month or two the Her Brilliant Book Collective. Um, so at the moment, you know, I work with people as a book coach um, or as a ghostwriter, um, but that that's kind of the only way that people can work with me. And what I really wanted to do was to create a community of women who want to write a great business or nonfiction book where there was a supportive community, the structured online content, and then there's um, access to experts uh, like me and a whole bunch of guest experts as well. So there'll be um, content and support to write your book, to publish your book, and to sell your book on an ongoing basis. Um, I've got, yeah, some fantastic guest experts lined up with me. So I want people to join the waitlist at this point. There's no purchase needed. It's literally sign up to the waitlist and um, you'll get, a, a, I'll give you my, I just don't know where to start PDF guide for free as well to say thank you. And then you'll be the first to know when I launch the uh, the community to founder members. So I'll give you the link for that, Tricia. But People can just email me, helen at hernextchapter.co.uk. Fantastic. And I'll put um, all of your links in the, what I think are called show notes. Um, and I know, exciting. And obviously you're there on LinkedIn. It's been a delight to plummet into your brain and get all those lovely, generous tips and insights. Thank you so much. Oh, my absolute pleasure. It's been a joy to catch up with you. Okay, more about unsquashing, just head over to trishalewis.com. There are links to my book, my TEDx, and all sorts of fascinating articles. And can I just ask you to share this podcast? Because let's face it, I'm not the best self-promoter. <laughs> Perhaps I ought to work on that. So subscribe, share, and listen up for the next episode. Stay curious and unsquashed. <laughs>